It is the sports mashup. I believe it's number six, I guess, since we did the Easter one on Sunday, which means that we're now on to number six, which means that we're four away from double digits, which will happen, I guess, after the NFL draft. So that's always an exciting, you know, deal, I guess, to get to number 10. I don't know how far we got last time before the NBC took us off the air. I'm not sure when that was, but, uh, you know, that doesn't even matter at this point. But we jump in with the NBA, as is tradition around here. And uh, really not much. Um, the Suns and the Jazz play tonight, which I thought was notable, being that they have the two best records in the league, number one and two in the West. And I, as a Suns fan, you know, I'm going to look at this objectively. Not really. But mm. if they win this game, they have a chance to catch the Jazz. If they don't win this game, I don't think they will. I think they're two and a half back right now. They win this game, they're one and a half back. Um, I don't know if they're going to win. I don't really think they will. The Jazz are coming off a loss, so you don't really expect them to lose two in a row. But – you never know, I guess, you play who's in front of you. But uh, Nets and Pelicans tonight, Kevin Durant back for the Nets. But guess what? Another member of the big three is gone. James Harden hurt his hamstring, played four minutes against the Knicks, and he was out. And they're never going to have all three play together until the playoffs. But you're all right with this. You don't care if they have one or two, right, the Suns. You just don't want them to have that three spot and have to yeah, play Yeah, get me away Lakers. from having to play the Lakers. That's all I care about. I don't care who – they're probably going to end up – if I had to guess, if they get the two seed, they'll probably play like Dallas or someone like that. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But I don't want any part of playing the Lakers in the playoffs when LeBron and AD are back, especially in the first round. So speaking of them, perfect transition, Marcus Saul, not happy. Definitely not. Like telling the, the coach telling me he's not the option even after signing Andre Drummond, and he's not even – the C or D option in LA as a center. Even with AD gone and Drummond now being hurt, he's still not the option. I mean, LeBron's not playing either. So So I don't know why you signed him. Who's the option now? Harold? I guess, but an undersized center. Yeah, I mean Montres Harold's it's even that good offensively. I mean I don't know. I just think the Lakers are kind of mailing it into the playoffs at this point. They're going to make it, you have to assume. But I don't know what they're doing. Nobody knows. It's a weird roster. After LeBron and AD, it's a very weird roster. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think they'll repeat, to be honest. Um, we'll see. I also don't know if the Suns or Jazz are, are going to be able to come out of the West. After that, maybe the Clippers do it. We'll see. Uh, lots to cover before the – NHL and NBA playoffs are going to be starting here soon. So we'll be in a double-digit episodes by then, which is always an important factor, um, of course. But, all right, let's go to the NFL, where a lot has happened over the last week. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have happened. A lot of speculations. Yeah, that's usually how this goes for about a month in April especially. And then it's kind of a few months of nothing, and then it starts to heat back up. They're going to be like, hey, which quarterback should we choose to say that he hates his coach? That's kind of what we do in July, so get ready for or, that. Or they're just going to say, like, hey, what about Rodgers to the Raiders? Yeah, more BS about this. I mean, give me a break. Why the hell would he want to do this? Like, I know we could draft one, but I know there's there's the odds and ends up there in Green Bay, and we've got a lot of capital down here, and it would bring him closer to home. Yeah, they're acting like they actually have a good enough team around him to make this worth it, which they don't. So that's why it worked for the Bucs. Like the Bucs already had a good defense. It's just about putting it together, which they did, and they had a lot of weapons for Brady. Same thing with Rodgers. And, and they already had a they already had a decent offensive line. Exactly. So this makes no sense. I mean, it's never going to happen. I don't know what the Raiders will. 
there's so much speculation every year about Derek Carr. I wonder how much longer he's going to last there. I really do. It's every year. You never know. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the whole Deshaun Watson situation probably affected the Raiders going after him because I feel like they probably would have been going after him. But then the question becomes, does Deshaun Watson want to go there? Because if I'm him, the Raiders team after the quarterback is not that much better than the Texans. It's better, but it's not that much better. So at least, at least he has Waller to throw to. Yeah, and I see Bernard Pollard's wasting his time. I mean, what, what is the point of this? Come on. Yeah, after six years of retirement, he wants to – uh, hopes to come back to try playing. Anything more than two years after you retire, don't come back, please. He's also like 38, isn't he? So, or 36 or something. So, what's the point? You're a safety. Yeah, I don't know. What position in the NFL can you be that old and still be really effective? Quarterback. That's it. Unless he, I mean, tight end, I guess, but he's not. So, I mean, you had to keep yourself in pretty good shape to, for six years to be able to. Which I'm sure he kept himself in good shape. I don't know if it was NFL shape, though. So everything changes whenever that happens. But to announce last week, so basically the first week in April, hey, I want to come, I want to unretire and make a, an attempt to come back to play in the NFL after six years. I don't get that. I really don't. And I'm sure he wants to try signing with the Chiefs to probably just try getting a ring. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't even really play if I had to guess. So I don't know. I mean, the whole thing doesn't make that much sense to me. But you know what? He should try to – if he wants to do it, then do it. Is it going to work? I, I would doubt that. But you know what? Go for it, I guess. And bigger news, your guy Sam Darnold finally gets traded. I got to say, I think that this is kind of a, a better deal than I thought the Jets would get. I really do. I mean, I, I thought that they could get a second-round pick, but they also got a fourth and a sixth, which, you know, you could turn into something else if you wanted to. I feel like the Panthers so. gave up way too much. When, I mean, if you already have Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know how much longer his contract's for. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't think Teddy I, I I'm pretty confident that Teddy Bridgewater will not be the week one starter for them. I think it'll be Darnold. No, but how much is his contract for, and how long is it for? I think they signed him to a two year deal that was thirty six million. So he's still on for like eighteen mil this year. Yeah, but I'm sure they could cut him if they wanted to. I don't know how the whole contract structure works with that, but they. Most teams are structured to where they can do that, and I have to assume that they would be uh, willing to do that. But the worst but, is I had a buddy who was like, he didn't do much last year. I'm like, he also didn't have McCaffrey for pretty much the entire season. Half his receivers were hurt pretty much most of the season. Like, he, he did pretty well for what he had last year. But I don't think Sam Darnold is – Happy, he wouldn't be this happy about a fresh start if he wasn't going to be the starter. No, I'm not saying anything bad about Darnold, but I'm just saying, like, people are hating on Teddy Bridgewater in that situation. I'm like, he did pretty well last year for the cards he had in front of him. Well, as far as it goes for Darnold, this is a great situation for him. They have a really good receiving core if they stay healthy. Obviously, Matt Rule wanting a fresh start with a younger quarterback, I'm sure, and I'm sure that Matt Rule when thinking about possibly going to the Jets, because remember he was kind of uh, in the running there alongside Adam Gase for that job a few years ago. He probably liked Darnold in that situation, bring him in, reunite him with Robbie Anderson. 
see how that goes. They have um, DJ Moore there as well. You got to hope McCaffrey stays healthy. They'll, they should be pretty good offensively. But they um, lost, their defense is they lost Curtis Samuel, right? Yeah, yeah, he went to Washington. But their defense is getting better. They're the type of defense that did a really good job at uh, being able to rush the passer and still playing well in coverage. Because that's – I didn't watch them that much, but that's the one thing I noticed when they played Green Bay was they got after the passer. Brian Burns is as good as it gets. Uh, when it comes to edge rushers right now, and they played really good coverage. And Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, elite young safety. So a lot of what better. a lot of what Dunham's gonna have to do now is just turn and hand the ball off McCaffrey and dump the ball to him. Yeah, but the good thing about Darnold is that he has the talent to do other things too. If you have to have him do, no, that. I'm just saying a lot of what he's gonna have to do now is also just do that. And the final thing I have on this is he's finally in a situation with an actual offense around him and a, a seemingly competent head coach because the Jets were a disaster when he was there. But to go with the uh, – to talk about this, he the Panthers gave the Jets a six-rounder in 2021 and a second and a fourth-rounder in 2022. I think it's a good deal for the Jets. I think it's could be good for the Panthers. Uh, you get a second-round pick for a guy who's been a disaster at the NFL level, not really all his fault, but – I like it for the Jets because now they're going to take Zach Wilson number two, and the draft will start at number three, and everyone's going to speculate who's who. Who is the quarterback that's going to be taken by the Niners? This kind of hurts my fantasy thing, though. I used to always try to pick a Jameson Crowder because Crowder and Darnold had a little connection, but now I, I can't pick Crowder. <laughs> well, uh, Crowder is also probably not going to get as many touches now or catches because he's also got better receivers with him now. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, if he's healthy. So we'll find out. Uh, the draft will start at three, though. And then before we get to the NFL draft stuff, Aaron Rodgers has hosted Jeopardy three times, I believe, to this point. He'll do Thursday, Friday, and then the week of uh, the 12th next week as well. I think he wants to do it full-time, honestly. And he can do that and probably still play because you only film 40-something days of the year with that. And you know what? Here's my – if he wants to do it full-time and still be the quarterback of my team, I'm fine with that because um, he's not like a young quarterback that needs to focus on football. I mean, he's fucking – he's he's effing 38 years old. I've never actually done that before I dropped an F-bomb. That was really casual, but we'll leave it in. You know, what can you do? Um, I've never done the F-bomb, though. Usually it's like the SH word. But anyway, it got really casual. I have a we're having though, a conversation. Like the team or the management might say something about it. Where they might not want him to do it during the season, but I mean, I he's got he's got yeah. how many other weeks during the year he could do it? Yeah, for I mean, just for twenty weeks out of the year he can't do it. Yeah, I think that they should be fine with it. I mean, he's a thirty-eight year old quarterback, so just let him do it. And uh, you know, I thought he's done a pretty good job in terms of what you expect from a host of that show. Like, I don't know why everyone's expecting him to be like a energetic maniac. It's Jeopardy. I mean, it's a nerd show. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, and I think. I've never seen him this into something outside of football, honestly. So seems like he wants to do it. And if he wants to do it, go ahead. Now let's get into the draft. Uh, this is where, you know, the NFL draft is always a very hot topic in April, even more so last year uh, over every other year because there's nothing else going on. But uh, we're going to do look at two mock drafts. Yeah, I asked Ethan to look at two dr- dr- mock drafts that are on different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, so on here I wrote Ben Rolf. Uh, Pro Football Network, but his was a little outdated since the when I wrote that. So we're going with Nick Farabow from Pro Football Network. 
who did his mock draft two hours ago. So where should we look at this to start? I mean, does he have the first two picks the same? So they both have Lawrence and Wilson at one and two. Number three is where there is a slight disconnect. So the Pro Football Network mock draft has Trey Lance out of North Dakota State at number three, and then Todd McShay, ESPN, has uh, Mac Jones at number three. So buying an ESPN buying into the Mac Jones app. I don't know if that's a significant thing or not, but I guess it is. I mean, I really think that Mac Jones fits into Shanahan's offense. I would think that he would, but that just feels like so high for him. Number three, I mean, I think most people don't even but have think a about it. He becomes from a system with the good line and good receiving core and everything. He's stepping right into the same thing. I don't think that his ceiling is that much higher than Garoppolo's, honestly. So no, I just think that taking him number three seems that. insane. He just yeah, needs but, someone to get him the ball. But moving up nine spots and giving up two firsts, that seems like a little much. I don't know. I don't think anybody would have taken Mac Jones in the top 11. So if it's moving up at three to take Mac Jones, makes no sense to me. But I would trust Kyle Shanahan with any quarterback. So what the hell, right? Um, and then number four and five, McShay has Kyle Pitts to the Falcons and Jamar Chase to the Bengals. Pro Football Network has uh, Justin Fields to the Falcons and Penny, uh, Penny Sewell to the Bengals. So... I like the idea of the Bengals going O-line over Jamar Chase. Get I, you, thought, I thought you wanted Bengals to take Chase because you wanted them to re- reunite. That would Chase be fun. Burrows. But at the end of the day, you know, getting a, a, an offensive tackle for a young quarterback who's coming off of an injury, a significant one, feels like good value, especially a guy with as high upside as Sewell has. So either way, it's, it's, it's whatever. But uh, I'm trying to figure out. So they got Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, six and seven, which means Devontae Smith, the Dolphins, both of them have that. And uh, Jamar Chase of the Lions is number seven for Pro Football Network, while Jalen Waddle of the Lions is number seven for the ESPN mock. Uh, I'm trying to find other things. So notable. both of them have Smith going to Miami. Yeah. Uh, then you go down a little bit. You look at uh, Todd McShay has Trey Lance, the Broncos. Uh, Justin Fields to the Patriots at 11 is something that McShay has with a trade-up with the Giants for the Patriots. So that would be interesting. Um, Mac Jones to the Patriots at 15 is what they have for the Pro Football Network. Um, let's see here. What's notable? What's notable? Canarius Tony to the Bears at 20, a nice slot guy for Andy Dalton. And if you want to look at the Bears, because I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this are Bears fans, it's where we're from and you know that kind of stuff. I think the Bears could use a slot receiver. Yeah, I mean I don't know if I'd go receiver first round on the Bears. No, not that, good one not that they need one right away, but I'm saying they could use one. Yeah. The Greg Newsom is a corner who pro football never gets the Bears taking a corner out of Northwestern says let's get a little weird again. The Bears release Kyle Fuller said their draft needs in flux. Where's Patrick Suktan going in either of these? So the ESPN one has him going in the top 10 at number eight to the Panthers. And then this one has him going at number 16 to the Cardinals. The Pro Football Network one has him going there. Very good corner. 
number one corner in this draft by a lot, in my opinion. A pick that I like in a mock trade that puts the Patriots at 11 and the Giants at 15 for ESPN has uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, inside linebacker Notre Dame. And I'm not just saying I like him because of his name. It's a great name, but a lot of skills there. I like that pick for the Giants if they were to do that. Um, let's take a look at our uh, – teams now and who they have our teams taking. So sort of mine since my team has a 29th pick. ESPN says Jameen Davis inside linebacker Kentucky no thanks. Uh, and then Pro Football Network has Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle Oklahoma State. I like the offensive tackle pick more than uh, if they're going to take an inside linebacker that isn't like one of the top two or three ones just trade back. I mean, that's kind of how I would look at that. Uh, I want Asante Samuel Jr. at all costs. So, And where do they have him going? I don't know if they have him in the first round. I don't know. Um, ESPN does not have him in the first round. But they have you taking some guy from Kentucky. Yes. And then the other one I don't think has him in there either. If I had to guess, uh, you're going to like the Pro Football Network's pick, I think, for your team. So. And they don't have Asante Samuel Jr. going in there. All right. Let's look at the Bucks. ESPN says Zaven Collins, outside linebacker, Tulsa. I think that's a great pick. Versatile linebacker. If they get him, uh, that'd be a nice pickup, even though most people probably haven't really seen him play. I haven't seen him play that much either. I don't know where he'd play, though, right now. <clears throat> I, you don't really need him to just come in and play. Just have him there. He can, he can come in on some downs, and then if there's injuries, he could step in somewhere. So. Have the outside or the inside? Either. I mean, I really like a corner right now. Well, you're going to get an edge rush, and you like it, according to Pro Football Network. We Jason, just signed JPP back. Jason Owe, Owe, Penn State. So your your program taken by your team. And where's Najee Harris going in these? 24 to the Steelers, according to ESPN. And he drops all the way to 24. They have the Jets passing up on him to get ETN. 18 to the Dolphins on Pro Football Network. By the way, the this uh, Pro Football Network mock has Javante Williams, running back North Carolina, going to the Steelers in the first round. So that would be a significant jump. If the Dolphins come out of this with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris taking all three members of Bama down there. I mean, you know, I, that's kind of like, you know, pretty pretty electric if you ask me, but I don't know. We'll find out. Roll tide of fucking Miami down there. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's how you look at it overall. I just exited the mock draft, so we don't have them anymore. So let's just go to the team needs thing, which – or actually, that's next week. All right, never mind. Let's move forward. I want to go to the NHL real quick before we get into college basketball, the Masters, and the MLB, because we have breaking news in the NHL. A massive trade just went down between the Islanders and uh, Devils, like just now. So I put on here, Kyle Palmieri will be traded by the Devils, likely. I just put question mark. He's number three on the TSN trade bait board. So we have a little bit of uh, tri-state area trading action. The Islanders have acquired Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the Devils for A.J. Greer, Mason Jobst, a 2021 first-round pick, and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick. 
the Devils have retained 50% of the salaries for both Palmieri and Zajac. So, I mean, that's a pretty interesting deal right there. You got the Islanders can add a guy like Palmieri who's from the area right into that top six. Anders Lee's out for the season, so they need a guy in there. Uh, Travis Zajac is a tremendous veteran presence. He will fit so well um, with the with the Islanders. So, but if these guys are paying half their contracts, these guys, I'm guessing, are on the last year of their deal. Like Palmieri definitely is. I'm not 100 percent sure about Zajac. Well, if they're paying half their contracts, they have to both be. Yeah, I mean, another thing is the smart thing for the Devils is that you pay 50. percent You're that's probably how they were able to work a. a, a first round pick into there because if you're paying 50 percent, you can get even more value out of it and getting a first round pick even though it's the islanders so it'll be in the 20s probably i like the deal for the devils and you know what what sucks for the devils is that they've been so damn bad i thought eventually they would be pretty good but it has not worked out there well this, is, ruins, this ruins one of my picks for later tonight i mean you know sometimes you gotta take it on the chin what can you do but so that's the first big trade I'm expecting. Uh, you know, I do write for the hockey writers, so I have some people on the inside from the hockey writers that know some things. So I'm expecting that Taylor Hall will be moved next. Uh, let's go back now to the NCAA basketball stuff. The season's over as Baylor waxes Gonzaga. I don't really want to talk about this game other than the fact that Baylor just beat Gonzaga by hitting every single shot and just – being all over them defensively. That's what happened. That's how you beat Gonzaga. Make everything and defend. You see, they made everything, didn't defend. But I did tell you, if they got them into the guards into some type of foul trouble early, it could change the outcome. And what they do early, they got Suggs in a little foul trouble. My big thing for Baylor was getting physical with Drew Timmy and using your fouls. Because between Thamba, Chamwa, Chachua, and Vital, you have 15 fouls. Use them. And they did. They got physical with them. They also didn't like – that was prime premium Baylor. That's the reason I had Baylor as my number one team for a good month there before they had a COVID pause. Well, that, and then they had uh, – at one point they had Timmy and Watt, is it Watson? Yeah, Anton Watson is – They, had them, on the first, they had them on the floor for a good amount of time, and that's the first <laughs> time the announcer were like, it's the first time we've seen these guys on the floor together for a good amount of time. Yeah, I mean – just a dominant win for Baylor. You think about where the program was when Scott Drew took over in 2003. Now they've won a national championship. Extremely good team. Sucks the tournament's over, but what can you do? Mark um, Pugh just can't get over that hump. Yeah, and I think the big thing with this is that I don't really think people should be that critical of Mark Pugh in this game. Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, they just got beat. I mean, I don't think there's anything he could have done to be able to win that game. You look at any contested shot, Baylor was making them. Baylor just – I don't know how you beat that defense. No, I mean, Gonzaga made a lot of unforced turnovers. Yeah, and they, I mean, you think about uh, this Gonzaga team, huge missed opportunity. Obviously, they'll be really good again next year, but I don't know. Speaking of which, I got real quick my uh, quote, super early top 25, because we do top 30, because we do that around here. April 6th is when I did this yesterday. Top 20 or top 30 for next season. I'll run down the list real quick. Uh, my number one team is Gonzaga because they're going to have Chet Holmgren and Hunter Salas probably coming in, and they're going to lose Kispert and Suggs, but they'll keep Timmy, so that'll be good. Um, 
Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State, UCLA, Maryland, Villanova, Alabama, Kansas, Baylor is the top 10. 11 through 20, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Duke, Kentucky, St. Bonaventure, Arizona, Syracuse, Arkansas, Oregon, Michigan State. And 21 through 30 is North Carolina, Houston, Belmont, Yukon, Illinois, USC, Virginia, Colorado State, Tennessee, and Texas. So Illinois starts at rank 25. Yeah, which it really depends on if Kofi Coburn comes back, they'll probably be twenty around there. But if he leaves, though, you're not in the top twenty-five. If he leaves, I would say twenty-eight, twenty-nine, probably, depending on if they can get any other big transfers. So that'll be the big deal there. Um, I expect Duke and Kentucky, North Carolina, to all be much better next year, especially Duke and Kentucky. St. Bonaventure is going to be great. They're going to have a lot of guys returning. UCLA, same thing. A lot of guys returning. Purdue, same thing. Uh, Maryland's going to have a huge inside-out duo coming in from the Transportal. Fast Russell from Rhode Island and uh, Kudis Wahab from Georgetown. So lots to cover. You know, we'll we'll talk college hoops much more in the next uh, eight months or whatever it is. So there you go. Um, okay, let's do – what are we doing next? Uh, I guess the coaching stuff. Chris Beard goes to Texas from Texas Tech. Good hire for Texas. Best hire they could have made, in my opinion. So, I I don't know about that. I don't know who else they would have hired that would have been better, though, for me. I really can't believe they got rid of Shaka Smart. They didn't really get rid of him. They kind of just pushed him out of the door, and he wanted to leave at that point because it was like, what what else is he? He's going to get fired if they if they didn't make the tournament and make a big run. He would have gotten fired. So, I don't know. That's just my view on the whole situation. It's pretty, pretty brutal, but I don't know. I mean, made the tournament. He made a decent run in it. Well, they won the Big Twelve tournament, which helped him. But I still think that he would have been pushed out the door anyway, unless they made like a Final Four next year. But the expectations versus the what they should be at Texas are a little high, which is traditionally how it is when you have that much money. Uh, Porter Moser, Oklahoma, another one where I think it's best hire you could have made. Loyola Chicago. What he did there, making it to a Final Four, then a Sweet 16, um, good hire. I like that a lot. Roy Williams retired, and then he has Hubert Davis coming in uh, right away. I don't like this hire. No, and it was so quick for him to do that. And these are huge shoes for Hubert Davis to fill in and fill in fast. Here's the good thing. I think he's liked by players. I think he's a good guy, and he's been there for nine years as an assistant. The bad things. No experience as a head coach. Um, I mean, I don't even know. I should have wrote these down because I had them all in my head. And now I just well, he's going to be leaning on all these other assistants that were still there. Yeah. Um, I would have hired someone who already had head coaching experience, to be honest. I'm all for guys getting an opportunity like this, which, you know, I'm not wishing that he does poorly, but I would have hired Wes Miller. That's just me. Played North Carolina from Greensboro, North Carolina. Three-time regular season Southern Conference champs with UNC Greensboro. They won the Southern tournament, Southern Conference tournament this year and made the tournament and gave Florida State a bit of a run. I would have hired him. He played in North Carolina as well. So that's who I would have hired. But we'll see. Uh, Texas Tech job is not open anymore. Mark Adams got that job, the assistant at Texas Tech. Wouldn't have been my first hire. Don't hate it, though. I would have hired Joe Golding from Abilene Christian. Uh, who's basically Chris Beard's best friend, would have been a great hire to step right in and have a similar system and situation, which I still think they will have. But 
Um, Drew Valentine is the head coach now at Loyola Chicago. Denzel Valentine's brother. Um, he was an assistant under Porter Moser. He's also very young, so I think this could be an interesting hire. See if he can keep the tradition going at Loyola Chicago. I don't know why Bill Self got a lifetime contract to Kansas. He could be suspended at some point. Yeah, I think he will got, be. But he's got possible suspensions still incoming from the Adidas deal and all that. He's going to get a suspension, yeah. But he gets a lifetime contract. He's not even – got to be honest. And this is not me, like, salty that he left Illinois all those years ago. He's not that good of a coach. He's yeah. a good recruiter, and when he doesn't cheat occasionally, I'm sure, which they all do, but what can you do? And he gets um, a lot of players because the name on the front of that jersey. Yeah, Kansas. Roy Williams was great at Kansas. And then he left, and then Bill Self came in. But And also, I mean, for the longest time, there was nobody in the Big 12 that could contend in the Big 12. But now all of a sudden, you know – Texas some could compete in there. And now all of a sudden here comes Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. If I had to rank the current four blue blood program coaches, oh, let's go five. Let's just throw Michigan State in there. They're not really a blue blood, but over the last 20 years, there's always that classic tournament at the beginning of the season with all those teams. Basically, four of the five. We'll throw we'll throw Michigan State in there. If I had to rank those coaches, I would say Coach K is number one, obviously. Number two, I guess you got to go Tom Izzo. Three is Calipari. And the mm-hmm. only reason that Bill Self is not last is because Hubert Davis is in North Carolina. Bill Self is fourth and then Hubert Davis. I'll take Calipari any day of, of the week over Bill Self. I think I'd still put Bill Self over Calipari. I would not. I, I just mean, saying Calipari. I think he's a better coach than Bill Self. Yeah, I also think he's better. But he's, he's also the one who started the one and done era, mostly through college, which is also ruining a lot of college basketball. He also made it to a national championship with Memphis. Lost to Bill Self, but was that team better? No. No, and they also couldn't make free throws. And they were going to win that game if Mario Chalmerson did that three. I bet. So, you know, they could, they could have easily won it if they could have made free throws. That would have been a good idea too. But you know, I'm just saying. I don't know. I just feel like. Calipari and Self really aren't that good at coaches either way, but I like Calipari more, so I'll put him over Self. That's all I have to say about that. Um, here's a coach that I hate, uh, Sean Miller. I hate Sean Miller. You skipped uh, Shaka Smart to Marquette. <clears throat> I already covered that enough in this episode, basically, by mentioning him once. Uh, good, good, good hire for Marquette. So, yeah. Uh, Sean Miller, I mean, come on. Guy's a loser. I don't like Sean Miller at all. Cheated his ass off at Arizona. And here's here's what it all comes down to. If you cheat, you better keep winning. Because if you don't keep winning, you're going to get fired. And that's what happened to Sean Miller. Better win if you're going to cheat, Sean. And better not sweat through that shirt more than you already are. So I don't know what's going to happen in Arizona with the job. Channing Fry is he still playing in the NBA? Probably not, right? He played there. Maybe he's interested. I don't know. But, uh, last I thought he was either – he was still in the league or he's playing overseas. Well, either way, the best hire of this entire cycle by far is obviously Speedy Claxton. To but is, um, is Walton still coaching anywhere? Who? Bill Walton's son, Luke. Yeah, he's the head coach of the Kings, I think, for some reason. I could see him leaving and going there. I mean, he played at Arizona. I don't really think anyone should ever leave an NBA job for a college job. If he gets fired by the Kings, which could happen because he's a really bad coach, maybe that could happen. But the only thing that Luke Walton would do for that program is like his name recognition 
and he can't coach. So maybe he can coach at the college level. I don't know. But you never know. And he I mean played there. Yeah, that helps. Speedy Claxton, greatest hire ever. Name is Speedy. I mean, come on. Give me a break. This guy, legend, played at Hofstra, played in the NBA, been an assistant there forever. His name's Speedy. So good hire by Hofstra. Congrats to them. Uh Joe Yesifu, big time transfer from Kansas, who put that dude from uh whoever they played. Who did they play? I'm looking at the bracket. They played Drake. It's not even on there. Who did they beat? Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on this team? Who did Drake play? They beat Wichita State. Okay, got it. He put that dude from Wichita State on a poster in that game, and he really emerged when uh, Tank Hempill and Rowan Pym went out for Drake. He was scoring a lot of points. So good get for Bill Self, even though he won't be able to coach him. But Joe Yesterday's a nice pickup as their guard. And then you put something here about scholarships, which I don't even know what this situation is. Like, I know what's happening, but I don't understand any of it. Yeah, like, well, I don't either. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Because this year was basically a free scholarship year. It didn't count towards their year at all. They still, if you were a freshman, you still got four more years of scholarship years. So I don't know if, like, with this inbound senior year or senior class of high school kids coming in, if, uh, NCAA is going to grant the schools more scholarships or if they're going to keep the same and make the schools have to get rid of so many scholarship players, if that's why there's so many people that are entering the transfer portal or if they're going to add more scholarship um, to each schools or what the deal is. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, all I know is that there is an insane amount of people, players in the transfer portal right now. And um, as far as I know, you still have schools still have 14 scholarships for next season. And I don't think a lot of the seniors are taking the extra year. I've seen a lot of guys not take it. So I think it depends on the team. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe someone who knows more about the situation can comment on the uh, video on YouTube or something. So if you know more, let us know. That would be great. Let's flip now to the golf, where the best, one of the better events in sports starts tomorrow at 7 a.m., which... I don't forget to talk about who won the Valero Texas Open. Yeah, another one that I was all over, obviously. Uh, Jordan Spieth finally gets the monkey off his back. He's back. I mean, he hasn't won an event since 2017. Finally wins one, and you know what? Don't let him get hot, folks, because he will not mess around or he will mess around and win the Masters this week. So don't let him get hot. That's all i got to say about that. Will Dustin Johnson win it again? My answer, no. Hard to repeat unless you're Tiger. And uh, obviously Tiger is not playing in this. So unfortunately. Do no. excessive speeds. 87 and a 45. Not great. Not great. I've never even come close to doing that, but. I don't drive in 45s often. I don't drive in general often, so whatever. Uh, this should be a good tournament. I think it'll be good. A lot of good golfers. I mean, everyone's like, oh, Tiger's not playing. There's so many other great golfers right now and big names, too. Kepka's going to be playing even though he can barely walk. Dustin Johnson won it last year. Well, it looks like it's going to be great down there in Georgia. Exactly. Plus, you can hear the Ray Charles song, Georgia song, uh, on the promos from ESPN, so. Georgia. Boom. Yeah, you could do that if you want. Uh, Georgia. So there's a really good grouping or pairing or trio or grouping or whatever you want to call it. I think it's Kepka, Hovland, and uh, 
Who the hell is the third in that group? Damn it. Why did I forget that? It's not a featured one, but it's a good one. Who is it? Um, I'll find out. The other ones are you got Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, and Tyler Strafasi. I've never heard of that guy. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Xander. Shoffley. Shoffley. Yeah. Justin Thomas, Lewis. Ustazen. And Tony Finau. And then Justin or Jordan Spieth, Cameron Smith, and Colin Morikawa. So here's the thing. The best group of or the best trio or grouping, I don't even know what the hell to call it. I don't know why I keep whatever. The best one that isn't a feature group that's probably better than all these is Victor Hovland, Brooks Kepka, Bubba Watson. That's a pretty good one. I can't believe that's not a feature group, but if I had to rank these four in terms of entertainment value, I'd say Number one is McElroy, Rahm, and Shoffley. Number two is Spieth, Smith, and Morikawa. Number three is Thomas, Oosthuizen, and Finau. And number four would be the Johnson, Westwood, Strafasi group. That's how I would rank them. Any objections? Yeah, why are you hating on my guy Lee Westwood? Okay. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm all about if you, the top two and these three. The third doesn't really matter. But I would take Rory and uh, John Rahm. Plus the third's pretty good too, is Shoffley. Then you have Spieth and Smith, or Spieth and Morikawa. Sorry, Morikawa's great to watch. He's got a terrific swing, probably one of the best swings on tour right now. And then Thomas and Finau, that's good. And then Johnson Westwood. I mean, come on. I know Dustin Johnson won and Lee Westwood somehow like competing this year, but yeah, I'm good on that one. But you know, I, wish in, that, I wish in that group like Matthew Wolf was in there just to add his swing into that mix. Or Bryson. How is Bryson not in a uh, feature group? No, okay with that. I did, I would like Matthew Wolf in there just to okay. get his little hitch in there. Like Bryson, dislike him. He's good to watch. I didn't say anything. I just want Matthew Wolf in that group. Okay, let's take Strafasi out, put Matthew Wolf in, and then we take uh, Cameron Smith out because who cares and put Bryson in there. Bryson, Speed, and Morikawa will be electric. Just saying. That's just my opinion on the whole deal. But – now we go to Major League Baseball, where the Reds are apparently good. 37 runs in three games, granted two of them against the Pirates. But I think a lot of the what this has to do with, while their offense is good, their stadium's a joke. So it helps. Naquin has four homers. Castellanos has four homers. So I wonder what you your go. tweet was about. Why is their stadium a joke? It like you could barely swing and hit the ball to right field and go out. I just saw your tweet, and I didn't know what, what you were talking about. I could hit one out of there, honestly. I could. Especially right field. I could probably hit Let's one out of there left hand. Go to Cincinnati right after this. If someone is throwing decently hard BP and I'm batting left hand, all I got to do is connect once, I can hit it out of there to right field. Yep. Pretty confident in that. So maybe it'll happen one day. If we get famous, call up the Reds and be like, we want to hit some home runs, and then they'll be like, okay, and then boom. Not me. There's one guy who thinks he can hit one out. Yeah. I think I could. But anyway, the Braves are 2-4. and four. They started out 0-4, but they won both games, the doubleheader against the Nationals today. I just want to put this on there because that's my World Series pick. They'll be fine. Ozzie Albies is 0-19. for 19. Like, how often is that going to happen? And, then, and this was the Nationals' first two games, right? Uh. Yeah, it was. Or they played three. The Nationals are one and two, and the Braves are two and four. 
So, yeah. And then uh, I just also want to put this in there. There's no debate on who the two best pitchers in baseball are. They're both in New York. It's Garrett Cole, Jacob DeGrom. I refuse to hear otherwise. I mean, I don't think anybody's close. Um, I think DeGrom wins the Cy Young, even though I didn't pick him. I think he wins it. And I picked Garrett Cole to win it in the AL. So, Did no I pick DeGrom? You might have. I picked Walker Bueller, so problem for DeGrom is that division is hard to pitch in. Even though the Marlins offense is abysmal. I did pick DeGrom. That'd be his third in four years to pretty much get him in the Hall of Fame, but oh. oh was I just saying it? I don't know. All right. We'll move forward to whatever we we're going to do next, which I guess was the rest of the NHL stuff. Yeah. What are the Sabres doing? Did I put that? I don't know why I put that on there, but they suck. So there you go. That's Here's your update, number six update. We probably talked about the Sabres over the last six episodes way more than we should. Here's your update on the Sabres. They are bad. Okay, next up, trade uh, deadline, five no. days. And then what's the, what's the going with the Blues? I thought they just got all their guys back off of – IR and everything. Here's the thing with the Blues, um, and it's kind of just my opinion being a fan of them. They suck. That's the thing. Um, the I just got told from another Blues fan to watch out. Everyone's off the IR. Everyone should be scared. Here's the problem with that. That fan probably has no idea what anything means in this sport. And the big problem is the Blues, when they won the Cup over your team, of course, by the way, I just want to throw that in because I really deserve that because the Bucks killed the Packers twice. So you, have, just, you have to rub it in? A little bit. I, when they won that, they were huge. Their defensemen were enormous. Now you get Tory Krug, who's five nine. You got Justin Falk, Petrangelo's gone. Hey, but he plays bigger than five nine. Yeah, he's not really the problem. I'm just throwing him in there because their defensive core right now is so much smaller than it was. And the biggest part of the way that coach Craig Berube wants to play is physical and big, and they don't have that anymore. Maroon's gone. Sunquist is out for the year. Gunnarsson's out for the year. Guys are going in and out on IR. And the biggest thing is the NHL is like a skill league right now in the regular season. So you got to have a lot of skill to be able to make it into the postseason. Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Vladimir Tarasenko, Mike Hoffman, all of those guys who are skill guys do not fit at all into this system because they don't, they're, it's not a speed system. You got to have more speed in the NHL. It's like a try to F around till you have a good shot or get, till you can get your best shot on goal. And just dump it in and chase it. It's never like zone entries where you got three guys, three on two, and they actually make a skill play. It's just it's a mess. I mean, the whole thing's a disaster. If they didn't win the cup. He probably would have been fired by now. But I think they're going to trade some piece of the deadline. They got 18 games left. A lot of those games are against Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota, who are the three best teams in the West by far. It's going to take a lot. They're going to have to go like 13 and five over the next 18 to make it to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it. They're 16, 16, and six. It's not a good situation. I didn't think we'd be here at this point. Um, but they have enough talent and a good enough, you know, minor league system or whatever you want to call it, that they should be good again next year in a normal season. Hopefully they can be more healthy, but it's a mess. Who do you trade? Well, Hoffman is on a one-year deal. He's going to be gone. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, Vince Dunn, I don't think they'll trade young defender, and he's going to be an RFA. I don't think they'll trade him. Tyler Bozak, another UFA after this season. I think he's gone. Jaden Schwartz would surprise me. He's another guy that's uh, got one year left on his contract, which is this year. So 
at least two of those four. So Hoffman, Dunn, Bozak, Schwartz, two of those four will be gone by next Monday. Pretty confident in that. So it's a disaster. And any Blues fan who's holding on hope that this is the same as 2019, shut up. I mean, it's not. It's not even close. There's so much worse. Um, and they don't have a lot of time to make up for it. But I'll tell you this, if they win right now, you don't let them get hot. If they win tonight, don't let them get hot. Even though they got Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, most of their schedule. So it's not going to happen. Another team that's in the Central, the former Central, which is Nashville. Nashville's a mess. Your thoughts? I haven't even seen them play at all, so. Uh, they're another team that their cup window is closing without a cup. At least the Blues had a cup. The Nashville doesn't. So, you know, Matias Ekholm's a nice defender. They'll probably have to trade him. Mikel Granlund and uh, Eric Howla are both one-year deals, so they'll probably be gone too if they sell pieces. I don't know where they are in the standings right now, but it can't be good if there's talk about them possibly selling. So they are they're in a playoff spot, but only by two points. Yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs. They're not going to sell pieces. What am I? What do we say? Maybe Columbus passes them, but I don't think the Blackhawks will. Uh, then finally, the Sabers. Like I said earlier, Taylor Hall will be traded eventually. He'll probably be traded um, within the next few days. And by the time we do the next episode, the trade deadline in the NHL will have passed. So lots to cover there because I much more passionate and know more right now about the NHL than I do the NBA. So we'll have a lot to discuss with the NHL trade deadline next week. But now we go to the betting picks of the week where I was not good last week. Hey, speaking of betting last week, I did pick Baylor. You did, and I picked Gonzaga, so it missed by me. I went one and two in the tournament. I had Baylor over Houston. Gonzaga didn't cover either game that I had them in. So. I went 0-2 in the NHL and then 2-1 in Major League Baseball because the Mets-Nationals game that I picked got canceled or postponed, sorry. And then in golf, of course, Jordan Spieth nailed it. So another winner. You know, keep them coming. <laughs> See if I can do it at the Masters this week. Let's start there. Four golfers, Masters. Obviously pick my boy Kiz. Who'd you pick for your four? I picked Dustin Johnson. Going with the reigning champ, all right. Plus 950. I picked my guy Lee Westwood. Plus 5,000. No chance. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Uh, Kepka. He can't walk, but I'd be surprised if he does well, honestly. He can't really walk. <clears throat> hey. He got a really bad left. Hey, do I, I judge, do I judge your picks? I think you should. I love Brooks Kepka. Plus 200. And then my long shot <clears throat> is Bubba Watson. Plus 10 grand. I also picked him, but I also have an even longer shot than Bubba Watson. So I went with uh, Colin Morikawa, plus 3,000. Uh, I think he's due to win another major. He did win the PGA Championship, but of course, the beautiful TPC Harding Park in San Francisco last year in August. I got Spieth plus 1,200 because don't let him get hot. Just like the Blues, don't let Spieth get hot. Don't let it happen. Uh, I got Bubba Watson, as do you, plus 1,000. How about that? That would be interesting. If Bubba Watson won the Masters again, and we both had him, and then we could both brag about how we got a golf pick right, especially at plus 10,000. That's basically what Spieth was for the Texas Open. So. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I'd like to think that he was. He um, was like plus 1,200. Still, you know, he hadn't won in four years. It's still a gutsy pick. <laughs> gutsy was the favorite. He's like third, but, uh, you know. Uh, Kevin Kisner, plus 20,000. Give me my boy Kiz. Everybody loves Kiz if you watch foreplay and such. Great guy. Uh, 
and uh, plus 20,000, you know, don't let kids get hot. If he has the first couple days in the leaderboard, he's in the top 20, you better watch the hell out. So plus 20,000 on him. So we'll see. Uh, NHL money lines or puck lines or whatever we're doing um, for tomorrow. We got two of them. What do you got? NHL, you said? Yep. I took New Jersey minus 134 over Buffalo. Well, that's going to be a barn burner of a game. You got one of the best scorers of the Devils gone, one of the best third, fourth line leaders gone. Yeah, as I said, that bet I just uh, told you, that trade just really screwed me over for later. And then I took Boston minus 106 over Washington. Good. Uh, what division is that? Eastern division or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, that should be good. Uh, I have the Oilers. Did you pick money lines or puck lines there? Money. Okay. I got the Oilers minus 190 at the Ottawa Senators. They also just played now. I don't know who won that game. It was going on a few hours ago. And then I got the Flyers plus 147 at the Islanders. Uh, I don't know if Palmieri will be in the lineup tomorrow for them, but they're not winning. So Flyers are going to win. Watch. Uh, and then NBA. This is a Did you say hard- you took a 190 money line? Minus one ninety because I I couldn't I just would have really pick the favor there. Yeah, I don't know. I just went with it. I wanted to try to get a guarantee and then uh, yeah, some of the other ones. So uh, NBA lines these are pretty hard spreads to pick. They didn't have spreads for every game, and uh, we just had to go with it. So who'd you take? I got the Thunder plus two at the Cavs. I just think both teams suck, and the Thunder suck less. I almost took that game. I was going to take the Cavs. You got the Lakers plus eight and a half uh, at the Heat. I know I LeBron took, and Avery are out, but I think they can keep it close. I took the Suns plus five. If they win tonight, that's not going to hit tomorrow, so we'll see. And then I took the Kings minus four and a half over Detroit. All right, let's go MLB. Finally, we have the money lines uh, for four games. And it was on ESPN, so I didn't see the underdogs, so I had to go with all favorites. I took uh, the Cubs minus 140 over Pittsburgh. I also took that. I took the Rockies minus 115 over Arizona. Okay. I took Houston minus 160 over Oakland. And I took the Twins minus 180 over Seattle. I also took Cubs minus 140 against the Pirates and Astros minus 160 against the A's. Then I took Red Sox minus 177 over the Wagon Orioles, who are – Back down to earth, and you got to figure the Red Sox just got swept by the Orioles last weekend. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, again. I didn't want to touch. I didn't want to touch that series because of that. I'm not too worried about the Red Sox. They're going to turn into a wagon eventually, win the whole damn thing. All right, uh, Blue Jays minus 111 against the Angels. Blue Jays lineup talented. I think they're going to get hot at some point. How many teams you have winning the whole thing? You said the Braves and now the Red Sox. How many teams you got winning the whole World Series? You know the Blue Jays might win it too, <laughs> and the Cubs and the uh, Astros, all four of them. Got, got 12 teams running the World Series. Well, you know, that could happen at some point. I think eventually we're going to have four different playoffs and it's going to be four different champions and the whole big deal. Uh, that'll be fun. But anyway, that'll do it for us. So we'll be back next Wednesday, number seven. We'll talk about who won the Masters. We'll talk about the NHL trade deadline. We'll talk more NFL draft uh, and a lot more and all that stuff. And we'll see you then.